thank you, thank you, thank you for, for being here. Uh, just a few quick announcements as we get started this morning. Um, need to remind you tonight, uh, there will be no evening service here, uh, but we encourage you and invite you to join us for baccalaureate services. Uh, there's one at 215 at Emmanuel Baptist for our Dixon graduates. We want to invite you to come and be a part of that. And uh, also at 7 o'clock tonight at the auditorium, uh, the Gary Scott Auditorium here at Lone Grove, we invite you to come over and be a part of that. It's kind of our one community church service a year, and uh, that's the reason why we dismiss and allow people to be a part of that. And uh, I don't know exactly who the speaker is this year, but I'm sure it will be good. It always is. Uh, it's a scriptural uh, encouragement for our kids. And uh, so we just invite you to come and be a part of that. Thank you, sweetheart. I need to remind, uh, of course, the ladies, uh, Tuesday night, uh, it's heart to heart. If you've got any questions, get with Sister Vonda today. Um, they're going to the soup kitchen. They're going to be doing ministry there, uh, feeding uh, people, and it's going to be a great time. And so I encourage you to be a part of that. Also, I want to remind you there's a nursery workers uh, volunteer meeting next Sunday following the morning service. And so uh, if you are uh, currently a volunteer in the nursery or would like to be, uh, we encourage you to, to get involved, be a part of that meeting. And I think there's pizza involved. And so uh, we might just show up if you want to eat pizza. Uh, that'd be fine too. And so... It's going to be a great day in God's house. Uh, we, we kind of sparse in numbers right now, but that's okay. I know Lone Grove, they'll be here about 1045. And so uh, it's, it's, all, it's all good. You ready to have church? You ready to worship the Lord? What are you doing still sitting down? Brother Randy, come on. Brother Ron, come on. Ushers, come on. We want to pray this morning. What a blessing and an opportunity it is to, to build the kingdom of heaven to give into the kingdom of heaven. We want to pray over this offering this morning and pray for our services today and just believe the Holy Spirit to show up and show off. Uh, I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. And I believe you did as well. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to give in the building up of your kingdom. Bless this gift. Bless the offering. Uh, God, bless the giver today. And Father, I pray over our services this morning. May the, the power of the Holy Spirit come and just flood this room today. God, fill every corner, every crack, every crevice, up and down every pew, in and out of every aisle. God, fill this place by the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. Lord, we're hungry for you today. Have your way, Lord. Be praised in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Not, not yet. <laughs> Turn 
nations and worship at his throne and glorify the wonder of Christ and Christ alone. Come on, come on to the presence of our God. This is where all hope and peace and joy are found. Come taste and see we've been summoned by the King. Enter and place your feet on holy morning that your presence is always here father thank you god for just moving in this place this morning we anticipate great things in your presence in jesus holy name
fresh touch this morning, a fresh touch of your anointing, God. Father, fill our spirits to overflowing with your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. So come and consume me. My heart is ready. Lord, if I burn, I burn for you. With no hesitation, without reservation, God, if I burn, I burn for you. Oh, yes, God, we're going to sing that again. Come and consume me, and consume me my heart is ready Lord if I burn I burn for you with no hesitation without reservation God if I burn I burn for you give me a fresh fresh fire give me a fresh fresh fire
for the fresh touch of your anointing, Father. Father, just like an, just like the flame, God, that burns off the old so that the new can come back, God. Father, touch our spirits this morning so that anything inside of us is dead without growth, God. Set a new flame in its place, Lord. Father, we humble, your, humble ourselves in your presence this morning, God. We wait on you to move, God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. to allow me 
ready to move through them. Not for their own glory, not for their own edification, but that I may touch the hearts and lives of those that need healing, those that need encouragement, those that need to know that I truly love them more than they may ever understand. I'm looking for a vessel to pour myself into and then take that vessel and pour it out on others. That's what I created the church for. I did not create it to be an exclusive uh, club. I did not create it to be uh, one that would say you can only come this way if you do these things. I created you to be able to flow through to touch the hearts and lives of others. Not just inside a church building, but out where you live. Out where you work. Out where you operate. Out where you go. Because if I'm not doing that in you, then you are not being productive. You're not being fruitful. Understand I'm looking for fruit. I am looking for people that are willing and to say, not only to say it, but to make themselves available to me. And then, what you see, what you experience, what your eyes observe, will be far beyond anything you could have imagined it would do. I'm simply looking for someone, and more than just one someone, but I'm looking for a church that will make itself available to me, that I may move through, that I may touch through, that I may bring others into my family. For that is my desire. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Come on, church. If you're a willing vessel today, that's all he's looking for in you and I. A willingness, an openness, a receptiveness to His Spirit just to flow through you. Come on, if that's you, would you just open up your heart and your, your life and just begin to honor Him? Lord, here am I. Let that, let that be your declaration today. Lord, here am I. Pour through me today, Lord. Here am I, Lord. Use me today. I'm a willing vessel. Lord, I'm a, open and available to your plan and to your desires. Come on, all over this room today, just begin to love on Him and worship Him. Father, we bless You. Father, we praise You. God, we honor You. God, we exalt You. God, we magnify. God, we celebrate You. We thank You, Lord, that You would choose the foolish things to confound the wisdom of men. Thank You, Lord, that You would use us. Thank You, Lord, that You would work through, that You would pour through, that You would make yourself known through oh Lord oh Lord be praised oh Lord be praised oh God you're worthy oh God you're holy God you're righteous precious God precious God it's a humbling thought isn't it to think that the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who by His very words 
spoke into creation, creation. The God who has all the might, the power, and the authority to call things that be not as though they were. The, the God who is so mighty would choose to work through us, would allow us to be His hands and to be His feet, who would choose somebody like you or I. It's very humbling. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that God does things the way He does them, and I'm so grateful. Because here's the thing, because He chooses something as humble and as weak as what we are, it helps us to be better able to connect with someone else who, who's just as humble and just as weak. Thank God He chose you. Thank God He chose me to be His vessel. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise and worship today, please. Amen. Turn and greet someone nearby. Let them know you're glad to see them today, please. It's sermon inside of a sermon day today, so. About 150 years ago, when Sister Vaughn and I were first married, <laughs> I was working to get my credentials with the Assemblies of God so that I could fulfill the calling that I felt God had placed upon my life to be a pastor. I worked for a compressor company for many, many years. I worked for a company in Broken Arrow called Dresser Rand, and, and I traveled quite extensively with them. I worked in the shop there, the frame shop, the compressor shop. I, I started out as a, a screw pipe fitter, if, if you have any idea what that means or what that is. I started out as a uh, you, you screwed the fittings together, you didn't weld them, and, and uh, dress scrubbers out, dress the compressors out, put all the end devices on them and stuff, and progressed through that job uh, until the place that I became a compressor mechanic, and they'd send me out on startups and things like that. And it was really interfering with my availability to, to, to go to school and to, to fulfill my calling, to, to do the things that I felt like God was calling me to do. And, and uh, so after about 10 years of working for them, I, I quit and I went to work for another place in Muskogee. Uh, it was called Graham Packaging. They made plastic bottles and, and uh, they made me over all their compressor rooms there because I had compressor experience. They, they put me in charge of all their, their compressor rooms on each end of that building and I cared for them and made sure that they stayed running. Now, to, to kind of give you an understanding of how long ago this was, Brother Bobby, they gave me a little square box that was about this big. And, and they said, you take this home with you every night. How many of you know what that little square box was that was about that big that I had to take home with me every night? Uh, for, for those of you that were young people that don't know what that was, that was a, a pager. 
and uh, I, I had to keep it set beside my, my bed, and if a compressor went down through the night, uh, they, they really were good to me and let me have whatever hours I wanted to work as long as I kept the compressors running, but um, if that pager went off, man, they expected me to call them just as soon as I could because they had to have air to, for the plant to run. They had to make sure that it was running continually, and uh, I was the guy that made sure that happened. And there was lots of times that a thunderstorm would roll through and uh, it wouldn't be very long. And I'd look at Vonda and I'd say, we're not going to sleep much tonight. Um, and many times I, I got to the place where I could sleep through that pager. So we, I got an old empty coffee can. And I put that pager inside that coffee can and brrr, boy, when it'd go off, it'd go off. And they'd call a lot of times and, and it'd just be a thunderstorm that came through and it'd, uh, it'd shut off electricity to the entire plant and... Uh, they'd want me to drive. We lived at Porter, which was about, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes away from, uh, from where I worked at. I'd drive that back and forth every day. And I hated to drive over there uh, for something real simple. And so a lot of times I'd try to talk the shift mechanic through what was going on with the compressor. And, and uh, I'd say, okay, what lights or indicators are going off? And uh, where, where's it at? What's going on with it? Let's, let's talk through this process. And, and there's so many times that it'd be just because the electricity had gone off to the plant and the only thing they really needed to do was push the reset button on the compressor and restart the stupid thing. But they wanted me to drive over there. And a lot of times my, my very first response when I'd call them up before I'd ask them any question, have you pushed the reset button yet? That's pretty cute, isn't it? Have you pushed the reset button yet? As we were worshiping today, I, I know there's stuff going on. I know, man, there's some of you today that are hurting. you got junk going on in your life. There's, there's a good close friend of, of us as a, a church, Brother Gary Gonzalez. Many of you have heard the report about his, his daughter passing away this weekend. My heart is broken for him all weekend long. I've thought about him all weekend long. Vonda and I got home from, from seeing our grandkid and seeing our daughter yesterday and and I couldn't get Gary and Linda out of my mind. I just thought, man, how heartbreaking to lose a child. I, I, can't, even, I can't even understand. I love that little short man. and He's been a good friend to me. And to have him lose his, his child hurts my heart. Many of you are here today and your hearts are hurting. Your bodies are hurting. You've got stuff going on in your lives. I wonder what it would take for us. I wonder what it would mean to us if we could just reset all the switches. If we could just push that reset button and get back to ground zero. This, this past Wednesday night I preached, I, I'm, I'm in a series on Wednesday nights, I'm talking about the seven letters to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. And I talked about the church at Ephesus this past Wednesday night. And, and the Lord gave them all these great accolades. He patted them on the back for all the good that they were doing. And then the Lord said, this one thing I have against you. This is the only thing that you're doing wrong. You've lost your first love. You've, you've forgotten about what's really important. Guys, I think sometimes that, that we as individuals have so much heaped upon us. We've got so much junk going on. And it could just be a simple thunderstorm that's blown through and caused our electricity to be knocked out for just a little bit. Sometimes what we need to do is just push the reset button and say, you know what, I want to start again. 
I want to start fresh. I want to start new. Uh, Lord, I, it's not that I'm lost. It's not that I'm undone. It's not that I'm going to die and go to hell. It's just that I've gotten off track a little bit, and I need to push the reset button and get back to, to ground zero. Sometimes we got to get back to ground zero. Come on, I, I can't speak for you, but I'll speak for me today. I, I want to reset. I want a fresh, fresh fire. Come on, all over this room, let's just love and worship on the Lord today. Will you join me in doing that this morning? Come on, let's give Him praise. Father, we love You. Greater is He who is in us than He who is in this world, Lord. Thank You, Father, that You can bring us back to ground zero. Thank You, God, that You give us a do-over. Thank You that You bring us back to a, a fresh beginning, a fresh start, O oh Lord. Thank You, God, for resetting our hearts. Thank You, God, for, for bringing us back to where we belong. God, in Your presence and at Your hand is, is fullness of joy. God, bring us back to that place of fullness of joy today. Be glorified, O oh Lord. Be praised for it all. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give him another hand clap of praise together. Thank you, Lord. How many would agree today with the statement that our God is a great, big, miracle-working, more-than-enough kind of a God today? How many understand when God saves, it's not just barely enough, it's not just getting by, but it's more than enough? He saves to the uttermost today. How many understand today that whenever He heals your broken body, it's not just a, a temporary fix. It's not just putting a band-aid on it. It's not barely enough, but it's always a more than enough healing that flows when God ministers healing. How many understand this morning that when He fills you with power of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God from upon high, it's not just a barely enough filling, but it's a more than enough overflow of abundance in your life. The Word of the Lord says in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us, to Him be the glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever and ever and ever. Come on, our God is a more than enough kind of a God today. I'm a believer today that when God moves, when God does something, it's always more than enough. God doesn't halfway do anything. God doesn't almost do anything. When God does something, it's always going to be more than enough. Now, I get the understanding. I have the, uh, the wherewithal enough to, to know that people get to the place where they think, well, if God's more than enough, then, then surely there's going to come a time, surely there's going to come a place where I've got all of Him that I need in operation in my life. If God's more than enough, then, then God's going to be all that I want. He's going to be all that I uh, that could ask for. If, if He's all more than that, then, then how many understand? I'm going to get to the place where I'm full eventually. The, the understanding I have today is uh, when your wife cooks spaghetti every Wednesday night for 5,000 years. Many, 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 many. Wednesday nights before church service, what are we having for dinner tonight? Well, spaghetti's quick and easy. We're going to have spaghetti tonight. And I can't tell you how many plates of spaghetti. There's only so many ways that you can add something to spaghetti to make it different than the spaghetti you had last Wednesday night. Now, I can tell you uh, right now, we've been on a run for quite some time. And every Wednesday night, currently, we have the Lord's chicken uh, every Wednesday. Come on, how many love Chick-fil-A? If you don't like Chick-fil-A, you ain't a... Jesus lover, okay? 
Every Wednesday night, we've got Chick-fil-A coming to our house. We, we go, and I know exactly what Vonda wants. I know exactly what I'm going to have. Uh, it's quick. It's easy. I go pick it up. And by the time Vonda gets home from school, we scarf it down our throats, and we run to the church, and we, we have our Wednesday night evening. We have our Wednesday night service, and it's awesome. But there's going to come a time and a place that as much as I love Chick-fil-A, as much as I love my spicy chicken sandwich with, with extra jalapenos upon it, Y'all wonder why I'm a fiery preacher. I'm just... As much as I love the Lord's chicken on Wednesday night, there's going to come a time and a place where I say, I can't do it no more. I've eaten all the Lord's chicken I can possibly hold. I, I can't hold no more. I can't put another one in waffle fries in my mouth. Don't bring it to the house, please. A lot of people have that mentality when it comes to God. I'm full of God. I've been going to church ever since I was a little kid. I've had it shoved down my throat. I've been full of it. I've had so many encounters with God. I've spent so much time in the altar that, you know what, I've, I've had all of God that I want. I'm satisfied. I'm full. I've, I've got enough. Listen, friend, there can never be enough of God in our lives. The truth we discover when we read the Word of God is that the Bible is filled with men and women of God who never reach the stopping point. They never reach the place of having all of God that they wanted. If you were to look in the New Testament, look book of uh, Luke chapter 2, uh, what you'd find is the story of a woman by the name of Anna. Uh, Anna was known as a prophetess of the Lord. Luke 2, 36 and 37 says, Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and, and lived with a husband for seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who, who did not depart from the temple but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. Anna served the Lord with fasting and prayer. She didn't leave the church. She didn't leave the temple night and day. She was never satisfied with all of God that she had. She always wanted more. In the Old Testament, in the book of Psalms, we read about King David who had that one thing mindset. David in Psalms 27 and 4 said, One thing I've desired of the Lord and that's what I'm going to seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. David said, listen, it's not enough. It's not enough. I want to be in the house of the Lord to inquire of the Lord, to, to gaze upon His beauty, to, to inquire of Him on a daily basis. This is the only thing I need in my life. He wasn't satisfied. The sad truth is, church family, is there's a lot of people in this old world that are satisfied. I personally believe that it's the curse of the modern day church is to be satisfied with all of God that they want. I'm not pounding on you today. I'm thankful that you're here today. But, but the truth of the matter is, there's a lot of people who are satisfied with a one-time-a-week encounter with Almighty God. I met with God Sunday morning. I, I sang His praise. I went to the altar and prayed. I, I might have even lifted my hands. And, and listen, that ought to be enough. I did my check mark for God this week, and so I'm done. I'm through. I'm over with. Listen, we've got to get to the place where we're so hungry, we're so ravenous for Almighty God that we walk in the door of the church starving to death for God. And that one time a week ain't enough. One time a week being in the house of God is not enough to, to satisfy the longing, the craving, the hunger that's inside of us. We've got to reach this place. And I believe that God can birth it inside of you today, friend. 
I believe God can birth a holy hunger inside of you that will not be satisfied by anything the world has to offer. Come on, I'm not talking about being hungry for the preacher. I'm not talking about being hungry for another song to be sung. I'm not talking about being hungry for another sermon. I'm talking about walking in the door of the church, hungry for an encounter with Almighty God every time we walk in the door. That's where I'm going today. Find your Bibles. I want to talk to you for a little bit this morning about having a holy hunger for God. A holy hunger. Let's go to the book of Exodus today, if you would, please. Lord, I'm hungry for you today. My hunger is not dictated by the hunger of someone else, Lord. I'm hungry for you. Exodus chapter 33 and verse 7. The Bible says Moses took his tent and he pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp. And he called it the tabernacle of the meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of the meeting, which was outside the camp. And so it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose, and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses at his, uh, until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord, the Lord talked to Moses. And all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. And so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp. But, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. He didn't get enough. Father, I thank you today for your work. God, I thank You today for the opportunity, the blessing of just being called Your child. Lord, thank You that You're here with us this morning and thank You that You're moving the way that You are. Lord, it doesn't matter about anybody else but You. Lord, we're here and we're hungry for You today. Birth within us, Lord God, this holy hunger that will not be extinguished. It will not be denied, God. It cannot be put out, but there's a fire, a hunger, a passion, a desire, Lord, that, that grows greater every day. Lord, have your way and be praised in all that's said and done, God, always for your glory, always for your praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give the Lord, please, another hand clap of praise this morning? I believe there's a hunger. I believe there's a passion. I believe there's a desire that can be birthed alive inside of us. I believe there's something that can come alive inside of us that, that maybe a reset button is going to fix. Maybe, maybe it's a, a putting all other things out of your mind that can fix it. Maybe it's, maybe it's removing all the distractions or all the hindrances or, or just simply having a one thing mindset. Lord, this one thing I'm going after and that's you. May a holy hunger and a holy passion be birthed inside of us. Understand again, I'm not talking about having a passion and a zeal for the things of the world, not a hunger or a desire for the things of man or a denomination. I'm talking about having a hunger and a passion, a zeal and a desire for the things of Almighty God. Oh, what would it mean for the United States of America if we'd get our mindset off of Republican and Democrat? What would it mean if we could get our minds off the garbage, the trash of politics, and we could get our hunger on the things of Almighty God again? 
this nation was founded as one nation under God, what would happen to the United States of America if we could get back to that place again? It's got to be birthed through a hunger. The sad truth is today that many churches and many people who call themselves Christians are satisfied on what happened last year or last year before that last year or the last year before that last year. Well, I remember when my grandma was alive and, boy, we'd have those church services. Boy, I remember the stories that granddad and grandma would tell about those tent revivals and, and people would roll around and bobby pins would be going every place and people would be dancing in the spirit. and Praise God for those days. Thank God for the Pentecostal experience that we've had throughout the years. I thank God for the things that God has done in the past. I thank God for those that have been gloriously baptized in the Holy Spirit. I thank God for those who have been miraculously lifted up and healed. I thank God for those that have been saved. I thank God for those that have been delivered. But friend, I'm hungry for a move of God right now. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not belittling anything that's happened in the past. But friend, I, I can't live off of yesterday's encounter. I need a fresh encounter with Him today. I believe we've got to keep that hunger alive. I believe we've got to keep that passion alive. I believe we've got to keep that drive, that zeal. We can't be satisfied with going through the motions. We can't be satisfied with making our check mark. Oh, I, I did my duty this week. But I believe we've got to keep that hunger and desire alive and even move it to a brand new level every time we walk in the door. That's what I see today about a man by the name of Moses. Moses had a holy hunger for more of God. Please understand, it's not like Moses had never had an encounter with God before Exodus chapter 33. In Exodus chapter 2, Moses saw the glory of the Lord in the form of a burning bush. Uh, Moses saw the glory of the Lord in the signs of the things that happened in front of Pharaoh. Moses saw the glory of the Lord in the plagues that came upon Egypt and how the children of Israel were kept from them. Moses saw the glory of the Lord in a cloud by day and a pillar by night. He saw the glory of the Lord when God delivered them from the hand of Pharaoh through a Red Sea. Come on. Moses saw the glory of the Lord when bitter waters turned sweet. He saw the glory of the Lord when the manna and the quail never ran out. He saw the glory of the Lord on top of Mount Sinai when he went and stayed there 40 days and 40 nights. He saw the glory of the Lord in the finger that wrote on the tablets and he saw the glory of the Lord when he met with him in the tabernacle of the meeting and Moses never got tired of it well I met with God on the mountain that was enough well I saw him right on those tablets that was enough well I saw the manna and the quail that was enough listen we can never reach the place of having all that we want in fact, if you read on in Exodus chapter 33 about verse 18, what you'll find is that even after Moses had met with the Lord in the tabernacle of the meeting, Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. God, I've met with you and I've met with you and I've met with you and I've encountered you and I've, I've hung out with you and I've spent time with you and i talked to you as a man talks to a friend. But God, show me something better. Show me your glory. Take me to a new place today. Oh, church, I believe that we need to reach the place where we're not satisfied with status quo. We've got to reach the place where we're not satisfied with just going through the motions. Well, I came into church on Sunday morning and I walked out the door the same way I went in. Well, I was there. I shook hands with everybody. I said hi to the preacher. Oh, the preacher didn't even shake my hand. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Vicki, I'm so glad to see you today. 
I walked by my brother Jerry and I said, Brother Jerry, I'm glad to see you today. And I walked off and she said, hey, there's two of us here. Aren't you glad to see me too? As a matter of fact, I am, sister. You make him so much better looking. <laughs> How do I get there, Pastor? How do I get there, Pastor? How do I get to the place where I'm hungry for God? When we roll out of here today, whenever the Lord's done with us in the altars, I would just almost believe beyond a shadow of doubt there ain't a one of you that's going to go home and say, you know what, I'm just not hungry. I don't want nothing to eat today. If you've ever been around Ethan Cochran and seen him eat, Father God. That boy can throw down. I thought I was a big eater until I ate breakfast with him one day. And boy, howdy. And you know what? He'll eat that for breakfast, and he'll turn around and eat it for lunch, and he'll turn around and eat it for dinner. And, and as most of us in this room today, we probably all had breakfast today, I would imagine. You had, you had something, if it was like myself, and it was a piece of cake and a, and a soda pop, that was breakfast, right? Breakfast of champions. But when I leave here in a little bit, I'm going to be ready to go get something else to eat. I'm going to be hungry for more. How do I get the holy hunger birthed inside of me? We've got to reach the place where we're not satisfied. Lord, I need more of you today than I've ever needed before. Lord, I need more of you tomorrow than I had today. And God, the day after that, I want more. Never reach the place of being satisfied or having enough, but always continue to have a holy hunger birthed inside of you. Some things I want to point out to you today about a holy hunger, and the very first thing is this, people will notice our hunger. They'll notice your hunger. Look at verse 8 with me, please. Verse 8, and the Word says this, So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose, and each man stood at his door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. Thank God today for the tabernacle of the meeting. Moses set apart a separate location. This is where I'm going to meet with God. This is where the presence of God is going to come down. This is where Moses would go and have an encounter where the Bible says that he spoke to God as, man, as a man speaks to another man, as man speaks to his friend. This was the place of great power. This was the place of great transformation. And after spending time alone with God, the Bible talks about numerous times where even the face of Moses was set aglow because he had spent time with Almighty God. Wouldn't it be awesome if you left here today and went to eat lunch at Inner Urban and your face was glowing when you walked in the door? Wouldn't it be awesome if you left here today and you went to be around your friends and family and your face was aglow because you'd been in the presence of Almighty God? This was the place of encounter and this was the place that, that Moses had this holy hunger for God and it was visible for everybody to look upon. Man, Moses is hungry for more of God. He's not satisfied. The Word says there in verse 8 that the people would all stand and watch him. They were all checking him out. They were, they were taking notices of, of his holy hunger. Was he still going to go to the tabernacle today? 
Did Moses get all of God he needed yesterday? It, was Moses still uh, going to go after God? Was he still going to go talk to God? Or, or is he filled up with all of God that he needs? I believe they wanted to see uh, exactly what Moses was going to do. They were taking observation. They were taking notice of his hunger. Church, I want you to hear your pastor and understand today. People are taking notice of you and I just like they were taking notice of Moses. They're watching you. And I'm not talking about the FBI. They are too. Everybody knows you claim to be a Christian. If y'all ain't going to amen me, I'm going to come down here and wall around with you. People know you claim to be what you claim to be. They've seen your Jesus bumper sticker. They've seen your Jesus t-shirt. They, they know your Bible thumper. But more than that, they, they know that you claim to be a Christian. They know that you claim to be different. They, and, and if you claim to be a Christian, then they also know that you claim to be the place of the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Do you not know that you're the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells inside of you? You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so every day, we don't have to come to the church house to have an encounter with God, but every day we are the temple of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. He lives alive inside of you. He abides inside of you. So every day you can have an encounter with God. And the people you work with and the people you go to school with, it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. They know exactly what kind of church service you had today. They'll know tomorrow what kind of church service you had. They'll know what kind of Sunday you had by the encounter that they have with you on Monday morning when you walk into the workplace. If you walk in the door, gloom, despair, and agony on me. Whoa. <laughs> some of you need to watch some hee-haw and get saved. I was running through something the other day and ran across that video of those, those four hillbillies sitting out there. Gloom, despair, agony home. Oh! That's awesome, man. If that don't make you smile, your smiler's broken. But you know what? We act that way as Christians sometimes. We act that way as children of God. Friend, you've got the world beat. Do you understand that you've got the world beat? The Bible says that you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. The Bible says you're beautifully and wonderfully created. I get off on this rant from time to time, but today's a good day for it. The, the devil likes to tell, uh, I believe, especially little girls. I always think about our young ladies when I, when I go down this road and I think about this. The devil has sold them a bad sack of groceries. To make them think that they're less than what they are. To make them think that they're not beautiful. To make them think that, that they're not shaped like the, the women in the, the magazines on the end of the aisle at the grocery store. Because I don't look like that, then I'm not worthy of anything. Friend, let me tell you something. They Photoshop every one of them pictures and all them old gals is fat and ugly. You don't have to be a supermodel to be a woman of God. God says you're beautiful. God says you're glorious. God says you're His chosen people. And man of God, let me tell you something. You're important and you're precious and you're special as well. 
You are handsome and you are exactly who God created you to be, doing exactly what God created you. Lift your head up, children of God. Let the encounter that you had with God show to everybody that you come into contact with. People know what kind of a a church service you had. Uh, They'll know exactly what kind of prayer time you had on Monday morning. And they're waiting, guys. They're waiting for the first hardship to come your way. When you're you're working that job and you're doing that job and you're doing as best you can and, and you're trying to live your witness for Jesus Christ out loud in front of everybody and then it comes time for promotions or pay raises and you're skipped over. They, the boss totally forgot about you. They're waiting to see how you'll respond. Either you get mad and you blow your top and you lose your temper and I hate this company and I'm just going to quit tomorrow and I, I, just, I knew they'd forget about me and I, I've tried as hard as I know to how I'm going to try to be like the rest of you people and not do nothing now. I've heard some of y'all say that, okay? I'm going to act like the rest of this factory. They're waiting. And... Monday morning, when you didn't get invited to the, to the birthday party and, and you go to school and, and all your friends are talking about the birthday party, but, but they forgot to invite you to come to the birthday party and uh, you weren't included, you're the outcast and everybody's sitting around talking about it, but you didn't get to be a part of it. When you walk into school, they're waiting to see if you'll mope and dope and grope about how bad life is or if you're going to say, man, it sounds like y'all had a good time. I pray that cake poisons you. I mean, no, I... <laughs> They're waiting to see how we respond. Did you spend enough time in the glory of Almighty God to respond differently than the world would respond? What do we need to know about a holy hunger? Well, we need to understand people will notice our hunger. Another thing we need to know about a holy hunger today, and that is this. God's going to honor that hunger. God's going to honor that hunger. Look with me at verse 9. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that a pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. I submit to you this morning that God will honor the hungry. God will honor hungry people. The Word tells us that Moses went in expecting to meet with God. He was expecting a God encounter. Even after all the times before, even after all that God had done for him, even after all the involvement that God had in Moses' life, he still walked in that door of that tabernacle of meeting and he said, Lord, I'm coming after you today. Moses was still hungry. He was hungry enough that he kept going back and he kept going back and he kept going back. Still expecting God to move again. Still expecting God to do something else. Still expecting God to pour more into his life. Still expecting more from God than he'd ever had before. He was still expecting God to take him to a new level. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that God honored his expectation. He honored his hunger. Why? Because the Bible says God talked with him. Man, there's some times I just need to talk to my daddy. I just need to talk to my Abba Father. There's times I just need to talk to my Jesus. There's times I just need to meet with Him. Well, Pastor, are you telling me that when you pray, He shows up? Oh, friend, I'm absolutely telling you that when I pray, He shows up. 
God will honor your hunger as well. How does He honor my hunger, Pastor? Well, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 12 and 13, the Bible says that when you call upon Him and pray to Him, He's going to listen to you. And if you seek Him, you'll find Him when you search for Him with all your heart. The Lord said, listen, if you'll pray to me, if you'll be hungry for me, if you'll cry out to me, I'm going to listen to you. And if you're searching for me with all of your heart, if you're truly, genuinely hungry for an encounter with me, if you seek me, you're going to find me. Man. Doesn't stop there. In Hebrews 11 and 6, the Bible says He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Come on, if you'll go after Him, if you'll approach Him with a ravenous hunger, God, I'm starving for You. God, I need more of You. God, I, I desire You greater than anything else the world could offer. The Bible says He's a rewarder. The sad truth is this. There's far too many times we're so full of other stuff. Come on. Come on. I'm already full, Lord. Have you ever had, <laughs> have you ever been to BG's Catch with Randy Doyle? <laughs> have you ever had all you could eat crawfish with Don Heilman? You know, I was talking about my poor brother, this young hunk of a man. Don't you ever think that you get out to eat either one of them old guys. And we went to BG's Catch that, that one particular time with prime timers. Randy Doyle had so many dead shrimp holes on his plate that it looked like somebody had murdered thousands of shrimp in front of him. They were heaped up on the table. Brother Don, when we did the crawfish boil, let me tell you something. That man can throw down on some crawfish. And potatoes and corn and sausage. Hallelujah. Woo! I got a little Pentecostal happy right there. Have you ever been to that place where you're so full? My wife's giving me the eye right now. Have you ever been so full, Brother Chasen, that you had to loosen up your belt? You've never been that full? Yes, he has. There's been times when we've been eating and I've looked at her and went, if I eat any more, I'm throw up. If I have one more bite. We, we stopped last night on the way home. Got to go see my grandbaby this weekend. And, and right there close to where they live is a, uh, a steak place called uh, Freddy's Steakhouse. It's in Sepulpa. Uh, some of you probably heard of Freddy's before. Uh, Freddy's is, is famous for their steaks, but they're also famous for their tabbouleh and their cabbage rolls and all the fixings. Yeah. See, I did just get Pentecostal with Sister Vonda. We left the kids about noon yesterday to head back home, and, and I looked at Vonda and I said, Hey, before we head out of town, why don't we call Freddy's and order us about a dozen cabbage rolls, and let's bring them babies home, and we'll, that's what we'll have for dinner tonight. What do you say? Uh-huh. Yeah, it sounds good. And so we went to Freddy's and ate a hamburger, and then we got us some cabbage rolls for the road. We, we got us some cabbage rolls to take home with us. 
We got home last night. We had a few things to do getting ready for today. And, and uh, finally, about 7 o'clock, she said, you ready for them cabbage rolls? And I said, yes, I am. How many do you think you can eat? And I said, why don't you start me off with about four? Now, understand, these cabbage rolls are about an inch and a half in diameter. And they're about, I don't know, six, eight inches long. And they are stuffed full of uh, good old sausage and good old hamburger and, and good old rice. And then they're wrapped in a cabbage leaf on the outside. That four was really good. That was a good starting place, okay? She ate one. I think one. one. <laughs> Lightweight. She ate her one, and she said, you know what? One wasn't enough. I think I need to go heat up some more. Would you like for me to heat you some more up as well? And I said, how many are left? <laughs> and so I sat there and ate cabbage rolls until I was at the point where I was going, oh, I really wished I hadn't ate all of those. <laughs> Excuse me, let me back up. Katie's in the room. I really wished I hadn't eaten all of those. We get that way with the Lord, y'all. We feed on junk continually. When I was a little kid, uh, after school, I liked to come home and get me a, a Pepsi and some Fritos and sit down in front of the television. And uh, It was Uncle Zeb, and it was Tom and Jerry, and it was Gilligan's Island, and uh, it was all of the, the, the good, clean, pro Andy Griffith, come on. All the good, clean stuff you used to be able to watch on television. I'd sit there and, and eat my Fritos and drink my Pepsi and inevitably every time there'd be a call that would come from the kitchen from either my mama or my grandmama to say, Son, don't get all filled up on all that junk now. Dinner's going to be ready in a little bit. And y'all wonder why I talk the way I do. Son, dinner's going to be ready in a little bit. Do you know what I'd do? I'd sit there and eat them Fritos just as fast and as much as I could. And when it came time for meat and taters, I wasn't interested. I was already full of Fritos. Are you here? Have you ever considered how much time we spend feeding on the world? Do you ever consider how much time we spend on the stupid internet or the television set? You know, one of the greatest preachers of, of a decade was a fellow by the name of Smith Wigglesworth. Many of you have heard about Smith Wigglesworth, read about the, uh, the, the great ministry, and the great work of a man by the name of Smith Wigglesworth. Do you know that he would not read a newspaper? The only thing he would expose himself to, the only thing he would read would be the Word of Almighty God? Why? Because that's the only thing that he wanted to be full of. That's the only thing he wanted to dine on. That was the only thing he had an appetite for. Listen, we got to get our mind out of the junk of the world and we got to get it set on the truth of the Word of Almighty God. And then when we come to the, God, the house of God and the Spirit of God gets to moving and rolling and people are jumping and dancing or crying because the presence of God is so rich and so thick upon them. We won't sit back and judge and say, boy, I wonder what's going on with them. I wonder, I wonder why they act so goofy. You know, that's what they said about old King David too. And David said, I shall become even more undignified than this. You hadn't seen nothing yet. I, I haven't even really let my hair down. You just hang on just a minute and I'm really going to get to worshiping God. But because God's so good to me, I want more of Him. <laughs> 
What do we need to know about a holy hunger? God will honor it. He'll show up and He'll show off and He'll pour out in your life. One more thing I want to share with you today about a holy hunger, and that is simply this. Other people are going to be affected by your hunger as well. Look at verses 10 and 11. Verse 10 says, And all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent uh, door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, uh, and he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Man, there's no question or there's no doubt that Moses was hungry for the Lord. He wanted more of God. He wanted another encounter with Almighty God. He continually cried out to God, Lord, show me your glory. God, I want more of you. The people were watching him to to see if his hunger remained, and it did. But along with the rest of the people was a young man by the name of Joshua. One of my favorite people in all the Word of God. Joshua and Caleb are two of the coolest dudes in all the Bible. They looked at a mountain once upon a time and said, The Lord promised me that mountain. I'm going to go take that mountain. That's my inheritance. I claim it right now. There's a lot of people that need to claim their inheritance that God has given to them. Joshua and Caleb had the wherewithal to, to stand when others around them would doubt and be filled with fear. I love Joshua. Moses had a hunger for God and a never enough attitude. And it was so strong and so powerful upon Moses' life that it rubbed off on young Joshua. It made a difference in him as well. The Bible says that when they all saw the pillar of cloud, the glory of the Lord, that they fell down and worshipped each man in his tent door. But the Bible says that Joshua was so affected by the hunger that Moses had for the Lord, it rubbed off on him in such a powerful way that he wouldn't even leave from the tabernacle. Listen, y'all go ahead and go to lunch. I'm going to hang out right here and see what else God does. Because of Moses' holy hunger, Joshua had developed a holy hunger of his own. Wouldn't it be cool if we were so contagious in our hunger for God that other people were affected by the hunger that we had? In the New Testament, there's a story in the book of Acts about a a fellow by the name of Simon who the Bible refers to him as being a sorcerer. Peter and John, they were were praying for people to receive the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. They were laying hands upon people and they were receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 8, verse 18 and 19, the Bible says, When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands of the Holy Spirit was being given, that he offered them money saying, Give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay my hands may also receive the Holy Spirit. Now it's obvious that that Peter and John had this holy hunger for God or God wouldn't have been working through them in the capacity that He was. God was using them because of their desire. They wanted another encounter with God every day. And this sorcerer named Simon saw this upon their life and he wanted it so bad, he said, listen, I'll give you a hundred bucks, man. I'll give you whatever it costs. Yes, there was a rebuke uh, in the Bible where where they said, your money perish with you, right? You're you're not supposed to pay, but you're supposed to have this hunger for God. (laughs) Well, you're preaching good, Pastor. Hmm. (laughs) What stands out to me is that Simon saw 
such passion and such power and such authority working through these men that he was willing to do whatever it was to get what they had in operation in their life. You know, I preached this sermon before from that particular passage of Scripture. The title of that sermon is simply this, Who Wants What You Got? Who wants what you got? Do, Do you have something that's marketable? Is the presence of God so rich upon your life that someone would be willing to pay you for what you've got going on? Or does somebody look at you and say, you know what, if that's what Christianity means, The Bible says that we're blessed because of our hunger. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they'll be filled. You're hungry. You're thirsty. You can be filled up. Oh, preacher, that that says it all right there. We can be filled up. We don't ever have to be filled again. If you're filled, you're filled. I mean, how many times can you be filled? Well, I don't know about you, but if I'm giving out, my filler gets on full sometimes. We ought to be that sweaty dish rag that the preacher carries with him. You fill it up with sweat, and you wring it out. You fill up with the presence of God, you wring yourself out. In your workplace, in your school system, uh, in, in the places you go, around your friends and your family, you take in, you give out. You take in, you give out. You take in, you give out. I wrote this in my notes. My pastor used to say this all the time. I believe we're supposed to live in such a way that those who know you but don't know God will come to know God because they know you. Write that down, people. We need to live our lives in such a way that those who know you but don't know God will come to know you because they come to know God because they know you. The presence of God ought to be so rich and so thick upon us. Birthed from that holy hunger inside of us, that that encounter we just had with Him this morning, that encounter we just had with Him at prayer time, that encounter we just had with Him this the, the Monday morning when we got up before we went to work and we, we met with Him through His Word or we met with Him in prayer, that encounter we had with Him is so rich and so pure and so heavy upon us that when we walk into the location we're going to, It just oozes and drips off of us and permeates the people that we come into contact with. And they know, they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they've been made different because you've been made different. I want to be a difference maker. Hmm. Sister Julie, come on, bring your team. What you hungry for? That's the question we'll ask every Sunday morning when we drive out of this place. What you hungry for? Well, we just had Mexican. Well, we ain't been to the Chinese place in a long time. Oh, I know. Inner urban. I worked that in twice today, Bubba. (laughs) You know, 
I could really go for a hamburger. I wish this Blakely Burgers place down here would hurry up and open. <laughs> Lunch is free today, by the way. <laughs> No. <laughs> what are you hungry for? Man, it was a blessing and a curse when they named the restaurant next door to us over here IDC. I don't care. Because normally we'd drive out of the parking lot and I'd look at her and I'd go, what's you hungry for today? And she'd go, I don't care. And I'd turn left and I'd go over there. <laughs> it's decided, let's go eat. What are you hungry for? John, I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. You're at a step in your life. You're at a level. And you're fixing to, you know, go to a new one. Your mama, this precious woman of God, sent out this message saying, Pastor, you've got some words to say to John. I'm going to make him something and I want to add this to it. Maybe that's a surprise. I probably blew it. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Surprise! Anytime I walk away from Sister Bond, I get in trouble. I just... Okay, here's my words. <laughs> you asked me to talk, I talk. Stay hungry for God, John. Stay hungry for God. Girls are going to come and girls are going to go. People are going to come and people are going to go. Friends, families, people pass away that we get attached to. Things happen in life. If you keep your focus, you stay hungry for the Lord. Man, all the other stuff's going to be fine. All the other stuff's going to be okay. I'm sorry. I need to stay over here with y'all so I don't mess up. <laughs> I need him, y'all. I need him so bad. I need him so bad. I've had times in my life where I allowed stuff to, to interfere and allowed stuff to, to get in the way. had some incredible encounters with God throughout my life. Times when He would just dump on me. Times when I was in a crowded room full of people and, and He would pour out. Times when I was all by myself. Maybe off in the woods someplace or here in this building. And all the church would be empty and it'd just be me and God. He'd just dump on me. I love those times. I love those encounters. But I need another one today. I need another one today. I'm hungry. 
not for the things of the world, not for the approval of man, not for another pat on the back or position. I'm hungry for Him. Because without Him, all that other stuff don't really matter. Would you stand with me today, please? bow your heads. I want to pray with you this morning. Precious Father, we're hungry. Lord, we're desperate. God, we need you more than we need anything else in this whole world. God, we need you. need to talk with you as a man talks to his friend as a woman talks to her friend we need to just just hang out with you and talk with you just being around you changes us we're blessed by your greatness an encounter with you transforms us Lord there's nothing there's nothing that means as much as you hunger today is holy. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Please, with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're in this room today and you say, Pastor, I need Jesus. I need Him to become my Savior. I'm lost. I'm undone. I'm, I'm away from Him. And I need to know Him. I I need to know Him. I need need Him to save my very soul. If that's you this morning, come on, no one's looking around. It's just you and God. Would you just lift your hand? I just want to pray with you, friend. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. At the beginning of the service, the Holy Spirit took me down a path I wasn't expecting when I talked about pushing a reset button. Returning to our first love. Maybe we need to push a reset button on our hunger. Maybe we need to get back to that place where we were so on fire. We were so sold out. Maybe we need a fresh fire, fresh wind. Maybe we just need to push the reset button today. Lord, we hunger. Lord, we thirst. Maybe it's just me. But I invite you today to spend some time letting your holy hunger be noticed. Let your holy hunger be witnessed by your sons and your daughters, your friends, 
because our hunger has an effect on other people. I invite you today all around this room to a time of prayer. God bless you as you either come to the front or make an altar where you're at. Friend, please, spend some time with the Lord. God bless you as you pray. This world could never satisfy the longing in my soul when all is lost and hope is strong. When all I feel is gone, I'm coming back to your presence. I'm coming back to your presence. Thirst, dying.
much today. Father, I ask you right now to keep this zeal, this fire, this passion burning and stirred alive inside of us. God, even deeper, even greater than ever before. Walk with us this day, Lord. Join us again as we come back together to worship your name. That's your promise. You said where two or three are gathered, you'd be there in our midst. Lord, we hunger for you. Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen.